you're listening to the Degrees of Freedom podcast, conversations about higher education in the 21st century between students and teachers. Produced at the University of Groningen. Hi everyone and welcome back to Degrees of Freedom. Uh, my name is Amy O'Connell. I'm joined here again, of course, with my co-host, Atasso Sarampolis. Hi, Amy. Welcome back. Thank you very much. And I want to just extend a, a warm Happy New Year's to everyone, to all of our listeners. Uh, we're very lo- much looking forward to releasing more episodes this year. And we hope everyone has a lovely 2023. And yeah, that's just <laughs> my warm welcome. Um, today, we're going to talk a bit about self-reflection. Uh, well, actually, all about self-reflection. The ins and outs, um, the good and the bad, whether it's worth it. It's something that I think a lot of us have to do on a daily basis or maybe don't do, but it is employed quite a lot within not only our academic lives, but also our personal lives. And I'll allow Tassos to uh, introduce our two guests who will help us in this discussion today. Yeah, Thank you, Amy. I hope you had a good uh, Christmas break and it's good to have you back on the podcast after a, a short break. Indeed, we're talking about self-reflection today. This is a topic that has been on my mind and on the list of uh, uh, episodes to record on this for quite a while. Um, it's a topic that is, or it's a it's a type of activity that is slowly making its way into, into the activities of higher education and the different assignments that students have to take. But in, in, uh, in a more general sense, it is, Personal growth is, I think, one of the aims of higher education and self-reflection is part of this exercise in personal growth. And indeed, for this, we have uh, two new guests to talk with today. We have Bart Kranenborg, who has been a student in the department for the last six years as a bachelor student, a very active member in the in the academic commons as a year representative, member of uh, the VIP, chair of the faculty council for a, for a year. And currently PhD candidate in the Department of Social Psychology studying uh, protest behavior and dynamics. Bart, welcome to Degrees of Freedom. Yeah, thank you so much, Tassos. And Amy, of course. (laughs) And alongside Bart, uh, we have Jasper Fogel, who has been a colleague for the the past uh, eight years in uh, the, the psychology department. We've taught together for a number of these years. I, I know Jasper as being one of the, um, I would say, introspective colleagues in the department who I know cares a lot about the development of his students and the courses that he teaches in uh, are very heavy on this element of self-reflection and understanding one's perspective within the context of a course and within the context of a journey uh, is alongside the fact that he is a coach, a uh, student coach for um, the platform Wake Up Student. Jasper, welcome. Thank you very much, Tasso. It's great to be here. Lovely uh, initiative and uh, self-reflection is a very interesting topic to dive into. Well, let's dive into it straight away. You you say it's a very interesting to, topic to dive into. I'm, I'm very curious about your own personal experiences with self-reflection, whether it's a big factor in your own personal and professional lives, how you engage in this, how you make space for it, how you find opportunities and what kind of value you see in this. Jasper, maybe we can start with you. On a basic level, I'm, I am a very uh, observing and reflective person, but but taking that time to to actively reflect rarely happens. It, it doesn't happen occur automatically. I think it, it requires uh, uh, attention to to create that to create uh, the circumstances in which you can actually self reflect. 
I feel like like on a personal level that is a challenge, uh, but important. I feel it's important, uh, and as a university as well. And we will elaborate on that afterwards. But but uh, I first want to state that, that that me, I'm not a very self-reflective person per se, even though I do value it highly. So I take it that means uh, you're not the kind of person who journals every morning and uh, takes uh, 15 minutes of meditation after lunch me. to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not me. No. Is anybody in this room like this? No. I, th I think most people are autopilot most of the time, right? Uh, and, and especially now when we have so many uh, steeply constantly entering our minds, our ears, our eyes. Uh, I don't know, Bart and Amy, do you listen to podcasts when you travel from one place to the other or music? It's music for me. Uh, that's probably the only thing I do. <laughs> yeah, both for me. It depends on uh, whether my podcasts have been released. So, uh, yeah, but there's <laughs> always something on. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and some music is very helpful for, for reflective moments. It can bring you to places, but it's, it's also distracting. Uh, it's not necessarily, yeah, getting your focus uh, for a prolonged period of time to, uh, to, to reflect on uh, elements of life necessarily. How about you, Tassos? Yeah, no, I really appreciate what you say that most of us function on autopilot most of the time. We're getting, we're responding rather than uh, creating. Uh, we are very reactive rather than proactive in most of these experiences. I, I, I really appreciate what you say that even on a train ride, which is a perfect opportunity to be introspective because there isn't very much that one could be doing, we tend to distract ourselves with an audiobook or podcast or music. And I say distract, yeah. but uh, I don't mean that necessarily as a negative thing. But we have a lot of opportunities for self-reflection um, and in our daily lives, we don't really make a lot of time for it. And the same applies for me. I've gone through various um, attempts at structuring self-reflective moments, but life tends to take over and, uh, and cancel those plans for me. Nevertheless, I think most of us find appreciation for the idea of, um, of looking for perspective and context in the activities that we do. But maybe I can put it one step further back what does what is self-reflection for you Bart what when we talk about self-reflection when we invite you to, to talk to us mm. about self-reflection what what do you think about I think somewhat in the same spirit as Jasper I'm not someone who makes lists or comes up with um, specific moments or, or, or picks times during the day where I think okay let's take a moment to reflect and think so I think self-reflection for me um, and I thought of this this morning as well when I was thinking about this topic it comes back a lot in putting both positive experiences or positive things that happen in my life and negative ones into some kind of perspective to kind of uh, uh, balance them out. And um, again, as I said, it's not something I do actively preparing and taking a moment, but it occurs either through um, thinking about things in hindsight or you forcing me to think about it now makes me realize, hey, sometimes I... I've, especially in conversations with friends as well, I think those are moments where you um, are in a discussion, uh, ask things that maybe you in the moment were not able to think of yourself and it suddenly makes you place a certain experience or a moment in a new light or an interesting perspective. Um, so I think that that balancing of, of, of daily, whether it's small or larger things, trying to understand their worth and importance in your life, I think that is um, when I thought of it this morning, that is what I would say self-reflection uh, means or, or is, at least to me. Yeah, it's an interesting one, actually, because I think that's also something I've uh, learned the last couple of years, especially. And I've felt that I've kind of matured in my own 
reflection uh, since if I compare myself now to when I was 18, for example. Uh, and yeah, I would agree with you with talking to friends or something because you you kind of then look back at maybe previous experiences you've just had and you're discussing it. So then it does exactly put it into more of a perspective. And for me now, currently, I think that it's something, as I said, I've developed a bit more. So now going into a year where I'm making a few more decisions, and I think especially with my year off last year, the VIP board, I really had to assess myself in terms of like my own skill set, what I actually enjoy doing mm. and who I like to surround myself with. And those all kind of factor into now my my own yeah, consistent, not necessarily taking the time to do it, but sort of automatic self-reflection. Yeah, I agree with that. So would would we all appreciate, let's call it um, an enforced opportunity to enforce I'm already uh, <laughs> disagreeing with myself but would we all appreciate a structure that is given to us that um, creates these opportunities on a on a on a on a frequent basis to reflect on these experiences as you said part positive and negative experiences but also our skills our strengths our weaknesses our behaviors in response to our needs and our response in response to our skills would we appreciate this i know that um in my workplace i don't often have these opportunities and on a frequent basis i miss them would we appreciate that or would we find that let's say an annoyance i think it depends what it is as i said to you this morning about psychology in the workplace and reflective um, tasks. I know when I had to do it, I thought they gave us very strict guidelines on how to reflect and I hated it. I thought, mm -hmm. I don't want to have to, you know, I, I did it because I had to, but I, I didn't find it particularly helpful necessarily. It did make me realize I, did, I wasn't ready for a master's yet. That was one thing that it <laughs> did help me with. And I thought, okay, no, this is causing me way too much stress right now to even try to think about it. But I, I did find that it wasn't necessarily, I don't know, I, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. So what did you hate about it? Well, okay, maybe hate was quite a strong word. I can now. I can see hating it at, in the moment. <laughs> I can in the see moment, that it was the deadline was the next day. I was hating ah, it because okay. I, I procrastinated it. And it was very, like, I thought it was quite confining. Like, I mean, the questions were there to try to spur you into the right direction of thinking. But I just thought, like, I don't want to have to answer this very specific question right now. But that was me at, like, 11 p.m. and the deadline was at 12. <laughs> so... Jasper, you've likely read a lot of mm -hmm. um, these responses. Part, um, how do you experience them? The, this sensation that Amy just described is, uh, is 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 there to read also sometimes in the reports, obviously. Um, and and as a, as a as a testing tool, um, yeah, it has some uh, disadvantages. It's quite easy to pass a self-reflection report without really making the extra effort. Yeah, so sometimes my wife, who is a, she teaches Dutch at a, at a secondary school in Groningen, she calls these reflection reports word puke because she, sometimes she just, yeah, she, she reads uh, also some for her education, but sometimes she reads some over my shoulder and then she thinks like, yeah, this is just somebody who's just writing uh, on autopilot, uh, like, like what we said before. But then, um, and then it goes beyond, completely beyond the point of the self-reflection report. And, I like what you say, Amy, because those those uh, uh, prompting questions that we those guidelines we want you to reflect on certain things. Yeah, they do create uh, a confinement uh, for for your reasoning, uh, which is something that students really dislike and is discouraging. And then uh, what sometimes ends up happening is that the reflection report is very strict, limited, the bare minimum, and that's it. 
Yeah, I think it that's feels like an obligatory uh, <laughs> element rather than a, an invitation to 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 explore internally. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it didn't give me the grounds to be necessarily creative, but I also, as I said, wasn't exactly open to being that creative. So I think it goes both ways. Um, but it did, as I said, help me realize that I wasn't at the point where I felt like I wanted to do a master's, for example. I thought, mm. okay, this is all getting too but much. That, but so that, that helps. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, because I think this sentiment that Amy uh, explains, I think in my experience is what a lot of students feel like. So, and Jasper, I think, has experienced this each course that he's given when he has to read many reflection assignments. Um, I, but I was thinking now, like, even because I also had to write self reflection reports and they were never my favorites, uh, to say politically correct, of course. Um, but then again, I think uh, the question is even if you do not like doing it, having spent time. Uh, at least trying to get something on paper, like, do you think that that still helps? Because as you said, Amy, you didn't like working on these reports, but it did give you a realization or something that maybe wasn't the goal of the assignment, but still it did put something into perspective where you got to a new um, interesting conclusion about something that you didn't want to do yet. Yes. Um, so I was thinking maybe as a yeah, question to you, whether you think that it's still, even if people maybe do not like engaging it concretely, whether it can still help. Um, it, it links back to the question Tassos had before as well. Um, should we find mm -hmm. these concrete moments, maybe even if we don't really like mm -hmm. maybe f looking for those moments, but would it still help? That is something that is interesting to me. Well, I, I think all human beings prefer the path of least resistance. And, and this reflection um, assignment is, <laughs> is resistance, right? You're encountered <laughs> with resistance, you feel it within you. Uh, and it's not something that comes naturally. It's, it's the same as writing your... Uh, uh, an application letter uh, uh, and your resume and the motivation Pe letter yeah and the motivation letter people find it uncomfortable to do and, and, and mm. in a way it's it's quite similar to a reflection right explaining why you want to do certain things explaining uh, what your yeah, ideas values goals uh, uh, and skill set are it's it's uncomfortable for some reason but I do agree with Bart that there, there, there is value in, in taking that moment to actually formulate it uh, giving words to these underlying uh, goals, uh, values you have, uh, aims in life, um, even though they are met with resistance. <laughs> I think uh, I would go even a step further and say because they are met with such resistance. I think if we wanted to cultivate something, we don't need to cultivate things that grow on their own. We need to cultivate mm. things that are difficult to grow and wouldn't without conscious effort and with time spent and um, actually discomfort is exactly the word that I was thinking uh, before you started um, responding Jasper. Um, these kind of self-reflection answers or questions unlike the typical testing tools, the typical examinations and assessments which reflect perhaps factual material or concrete material, objective, I'm putting that in, um, in um, air quotes, material. Self-reflection questions are entirely open. Mm. There is no correct answer. There is no incorrect answer. Anything goes. And part of this openness is very, very uncomfortable. Uh, you're also coming to terms with the fact that um, you're dealing with both lightness and darkness within yourself, both with your strengths and with your weaknesses and admitting things that are internal rather than external. And because of this, I, I, I fully... Uh, I, I hate self-reflection assignments. I have them once in a while in my uh, in my professional environment where I have to uh, reflect on an experience or uh, put words into a practice. I, I find them very uncomfortable. This is what I mean when I say that I hate them. 
Um, and what I think I find least um, pleasurable about them is I don't have a lot of time for them. A real, an, an, an honest and authentic response to a self-reflection question is not the sort of thing that you do at 11 o'clock at night, as mm -hmm. you were saying, Amy. It, this is a lifetime process. You don't suddenly sit down and uh, in 150 words come up with your values. This is a continuous process that culminates in those 150 words. So when you sit down and you find 15 minutes to write those words, it's it's difficult, it's uncomfortable, it's going to be impossible to to do this. So the reflection kind of happens on a continuous basis. And that moment when you write things down is the culmination, unless you take a lot of time to sit down and write and reflect through the writing. Mm -hmm. mm. There's something that keeps buzzing in my head that you said earlier, Jasper, you called it a testing tool. And I think I repeated it in my previous sentence. And I, I found resistance in myself in talking about self-reflection uh, questions as a testing tool. What exactly are we testing? Well, in, in these reflection reports, we, we ask students to both show uh, the reflection reports uh, uh, need to reflect their uh, um, understanding of the material and their their personal performance or, or development within that field. So it, it has two ends. It's both the, the personal reflection and a test of, of how knowledgeable is somebody about this uh, topic. D d d so are we, are we messing this up for them in the first place? Are we already giving them the wrong kind of uh, them? I mean, the people responding to these questions in this particular context, students, but it could be for anybody. Mm. Are we already cre creating a tension within the question by simultaneously asking for something objective and testable, something that will receive a pass-fail or even numerical mm -hmm. grade versus the fact that actual self-reflection um, prompts are meant to be personal and they're not meant to be evaluated in terms of their um, in terms of their content yeah yeah I, I i tend to agree i think also what amy said these these very uh, guiding questions they those are the ones like we, we want to hear you talk about these things i want to at least hear you uh, or see your writing about this topic yeah and, and those take away the liberty of free um, reflection obviously yeah so what's a good prompt? Bart, what, what would be a good <laughs> prompt for you to start reflecting on something? Do, do, you, do you want something concrete or do you want something broad? So I think it, and, and a very obvious thing is I think it depends a little bit to, to... Okay, well, I guess the way I'm already starting to answer the question, for me, it would be something somewhat concrete. But that differs really per person because I think as maybe as someone who doesn't reflect on a daily basis actively, it's good to get this kind of... Uh, rope to hang on to and then from there see where your thoughts take you or where your experiences um, take you. So I would personally prefer I think a more concrete uh, question and then see where that leads and where that builds. But I do believe that it differs a lot per students because I have friends and know people who do reflect on actively on a daily basis and if I said well try to do it and, 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 and start with this kind of concrete question. For them, it wouldn't make sense or it wouldn't feel like a re real reflection. They would feel kind of um, bound by that question. So it really depends on the person, I think. Mm -hmm. Amy, you, you expressed displeasure at the very specific constrained questions. Is that, uh, do you prefer something broader? I think for me, I, in general, I'm a quite indecisive person. 
in a lot of ways. So for me, I think what I've learned recently is for self-reflection is usually for me to get to a certain decision that I need to make. And then I need to reflect on myself on how I have been the last couple of weeks and stuff. So it's something, some sort of decision that I have to make. So that's something usually a little bit more concrete. And I have to decide on that based on my own feeling. Um, so I think that, yeah, I agree with Bart. Like I do need something slightly concrete, but not bounding. So I'm not forced into a box, but it does give me liberty to think about just myself. Um, so I'd say, yeah, I need some sort of, I do need to be pushed a bit, but not into a box necessarily. Jasper, you you work as a coach. You coach students, amongst other people, on presumably reflecting on their strengths, reflecting on their behaviors, but also understanding what they want, what they need, what their motivations are. I'm curious, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about the differences between what questions and why questions. And this kind of brings me to this point, this difference between the concrete or the restricted and the very open. Do you make such distinctions in in the kind of questions or in the kind of prompts that you use for your coaching work? Well, why questions are, are, are pretty hard to answer at the start. It, it, it is a very good point to arrive at once you have peeled off a lot of onion rings. So I tend not to start with why question. Why is this important to you? I prefer questions like what what makes your education worthwhile at the moment or what are things that you enjoy, etc. Uh, what was hard this week? Uh, explain to me about that. Yeah, and and that gives more liberty without the the pressure of <laughs> having to, you know, because self-reflection it, it is about gaining self-awareness, and we and we are not at all times fully aware of ourselves. Again, when we are on autopilot, we uh, we trust the autopilot. Yeah, so so uh, peeling off this the the the, the onion uh, with 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 what questions and arriving at the why question uh, feels like the better route. Definitely. Yes, yeah, you have to ease someone into it as well in terms of reflection. Start off with something that yeah, is a bit more concrete and then yeah, maybe that's also an approach as well to make them feel a bit more comfortable with the whole concept of talking about themselves. Do, do you find this in uh, the assignments that you've had in, uh, in your program, both of you, Amy and Bart, in terms of them building to from something very simple, from what kind of questions, you know, what do you find important, what do you find, uh, what was difficult this week, what was easy this week, to something bigger, something deeper that relates to values. And um, was there such a buildup? Did you experience such a buildup in any case? It's been a while since I did one, to be honest, <laughs> so I'm trying to think back. But I think it was usually, yeah, starting with something a little bit more simple, and a little bit more uh, easy to grasp than yeah, getting into something a bit deeper where you kind of started with, OK, we're going to ease into this and then dig a bit. You know, I'm not sure if that was the same for you, Bart. I th it is. And I think um, one thing that I was thinking of just now that I think relates back to my experience with these self-reflections is that usually it revolves around um, let me, okay, let's, it's a bit simplified maybe, but let's say it's about one of the courses where you uh, coach uh, other students and have to help them with their, uh, their problems and learn about how, what are the, um, do you know the, co yeah, you must know what the course is. The, the master called. course coaching maybe? No, I, I mean a, a bachelor course, the first and second year. Diagnos diagnostics and group skills? Or yeah, yeah, that's the one, yeah, it's, it's six years ago, so they, they, I did them in Dutch and they had a different name back then, so that's why I couldn't <laughs> come up with it. Um, but I think if we talked about some kind of skill that we were focusing on during a week and then we wrote a self-reflection report or something similar about how you look at the way you practice the skill or, or your experience with, with it related to the whole course material, then usually I think it was about thinking about some kind of positive aspect of it 
thinking about some kind of negative aspects or something maybe you wanted to learn more or thought which not necessarily is negative but it's about something that is not there yet maybe for you in terms of your um, improvement in that skill related to the course um, and then placing that into perspective of okay now when you balance these and when you look at this uh, based on the whole the, the entire course of this particular skill how would you reflect on it which becomes more this how and why a question as you said Jasper so um, I think for me, as I said, it often started with a positive, negative, or or I've learned this, but I want to learn more about this, that kind of balance, which is more concrete, and it allows people to uh, think a bit more concrete and simple, uh, simpler about a particular skill or experience. Can I ask you all a very difficult, very open question? And that is, in for you, what is the point of higher education? What is the point of a university degree? And again, no right answers here. I just wanted to understand how you see it, how you experience it. I think at, at university, maybe in a sense, what we always do is reflect and put our skills and experiences into perspective. I think in general, we are taught, and I hope people take that as one of the biggest lessons of uh, university, um, that we are um, uh, in many ways lucky that we are able to place also our own position in the, well, I, I don't like to call it a pyramid, but that's unfortunately what it is, the education system, um, and try to understand why uh, sometimes other people have difficulties uh, with this pyramid or understanding it. And I think that is a very good uh, experience and a very good thing to keep in mind, whether we continue in academics or whether we uh, start working in practice to understand and listen to other people, um, um, whether they are academically taught or not. Uh, maybe even even more so if they are not, because it is incredibly important, I think, to connect academics uh, with practice, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. I, I think in, in essence, it's aimed at sharpening the scientific mind. But in practice, I feel that if we only focus on that, we fall short because those academic minds, they, they, they uh, perform in, in the real world uh, and perform as individuals in that uh, real world. Uh, um, so we are not, um, yeah, we don't. Uh, so at the, at the starting point of almost all of my courses, I, I explain what the end terms of my course are, what I want all students to learn, and also that I want all of them to come out of that course differently. I do not want to create robots. I do not want university to create identical copies. I want them to to become the own ver the, the, the the personal version of the input that we bring them, that, that we offer them. Um, and, and I hope that it's also the same for, for university uh, as a whole. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of fundamental uh, and specialized uh, elements that they need to be trained in and learn. And, 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 and we are aimed as an institute, university, to, 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 to create the, the um, scaffolding for them to grow. But but in that growth, I, I want <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the brilliance of an individual mind, you want to um, stimulate individual uh, reflection, individual uh, growth. And that is not doing what you are taught. That's also going beyond that uh, border. So in only sharpening the scientific mind, I feel that we would fall short. That's true, it's a big question. Um, I've been thinking about it. I'm not entirely sure what it means to me necessarily. I guess for me personally, it's developing my own skills so that I have a, have a bigger purpose in my own life that I can then used to to help others to make some sort of impact you know i guess in a, in a sense 
Um, as Jasper said, yeah, don't want to come out of the ed education system necessarily with just, you know, an acute understanding of more scientific things. So that for me, I think that has a very little bearing at the moment, but it is just in general developing my own skill set in a direction that I feel like is important to me and will help me just improve to my potential. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's a very difficult question. Um, I, I ask this almost every time we uh, we prepare for a podcast um, because all of the topics that we deal with sort of revolve around this this center of understanding what it is that we're doing here as students and as teachers. Mm -hmm. If we don't understand this, this is, I, th I guess, the self-reflection part of uh, being <laughs> an institution, being a higher education institution. Um, and I think it's only in answering this question to some degree of success we can start uh, having any kind of hope in answering all the other kinds of questions. Just before we started recording in our little conversation, we, we, talked, we talked about the tension between the kind of self-reflection questions uh, and the, the standardized aspect of higher education. And this is something that I'm particularly interested in, in exploring with you today. Maybe by starting with a very simple question, why isn't self-reflection part of all courses and it's only part of some courses? So it, it seems natural that it would be part of uh, diagnostics and communication skills or did I? Yes, that's the course. <laughs> good. And for courses such as um, uh, psychology in the workplace where students find their own place in, uh, in this course. But based on the answers that you all gave, and I, I, I mirror and I uh, reinforce, this kind of self-reflection should be part of every course. This kind of personal growth journey seems mm -hmm. like it should be part of every course. So why not in statistics? Why not self-reflection in statistics? Mm -hmm as an example. Is this a flippant comment? Is this something that you relate to? Or do you think that it's, um, it's a, it would be a silly exercise? No, I think it's quite good, actually. Um, I think that's quite a nice idea because there's multiple courses that we go through and we have to do, especially for the first two years. You know, you, you know, in third year, you kind of choose a bit more the direction you want to put yourself in. But in the first two, two years, you, you do have to do a lot of um, required courses. And I think in those, sometimes they're, they're very, they can feel very overbearing if you don't necessarily enjoy it. So I think it would be helpful to uh, reflect on yourself after you finish the course so that you can see how to implement what you've learned. And maybe if you failed the exam, whatever, to see where you've actually gone wrong and where you can actually improve on again. Uh, when you do the reset. So that would be helpful. And yeah, I mean, I've been through plenty of resets and not really known where I've been wrong. So that would be helpful in my regard, probably. Maybe there's this idea that we want to self-reflect about skills that we are teaching ourselves, right? So things we, we become better at or try to train. Uh, but our education system revolves a lot about uh, retaining knowledge for a short time and then uh, making an exam and then seeing it go. And I think even though I can, un I can understand it, it's it might be difficult for staff members who, who give courses, but for a lot of students, maybe there is already some kind of idea there. Well, why would I need to self-reflect because I start studying and it differs some a week, some two weeks, some the whole block. But I think most students start relatively shortly before the exam and they go through all of the material and they take all the, all these hours in the university library and they make their exam and afterwards if you would ask them, well, what have you taught yourself? They might say, well, yeah, I know this, this little fact and this and this, but what like, have, but real skills, I don't think people feel like they are um, improving those. And so why would you have to reflect about 
just having studied in the UB for a couple of, of, of days, which I would understand the first sentiments, but I do fully agree with Amy that it's, why don't we do this more often? Um, I, I, now that when you asked it to us, I was thinking, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I see the value of it. And, and, and uh, a personal anecdote, when I studied my first year, the, the study program, it felt like visiting isolated islands, uh, all these courses, had nothing to do with each other. At least I was not making any links. Uh, I was just mm. trying to uh, um, make it in time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and have the work done that I was supposed to have done by then, but 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 but, but was not aware of uh, um, the integration and the and the complete picture. And I think well, th that is that is what what, what what reflection can help in uh, is, is becoming more aware of it. Uh, at the same time, there's no way that I would have done it uh, as a student for myself, actively reflecting on each mm -hmm. course, like what is the value of this course in the entirety of the curriculum. I, I did start doing that after four years of studying, and I can tell you, listeners, th that year I gained uh, 75 points, 75 <laughs> credits. So uh, <laughs> that's an NS1 uh, study for you um, to ponder on. Like, if we would think about ha having students answer some questions, like, what did you think about this course? How would you, uh, what, what value, what added value does it have for you as an, uh, uh, as an academic or as a psychologist? Do you think that that, that, that would have value? Uh, uh, just a standard question where they are required to answer with uh, 20 to 20 words or something? No, but like this, absolutely not, right? right. All of, but, but I would say the same thing for any kind of, uh, let's call it objective or content-related question. That will also not have any value. If you put it completely without any context, without any kind of authenticity, yeah, it, it might seem like somebody is getting the correct answer because they answered B and the B was the correct answer. But again, does that really have any value? I think we'll be hiding at be behind this kind of uh, objectivity criterion. And instead, so it, it seems to me that a lot of the times if you want to ask, if you ask somebody to go through an experience, whether that experience is reading a textbook and taking a multiple choice exam or whether that experience is going through something and then writing about it, in both cases, you should be able to, with uh, honesty and clarity, explain or be able to explain what the point of this activity is. So indeed, if we have these formulaic questions after every course where everybody has to respond, what did you learn in this course? What value did this course have? Of course, this is going to be the incorrect opportunity for this. But I can imagine a lot of opportunities in which um, self-reflection moments are incorporated in a course in the right moments, in the right context, and with value that should be I don't want to say obvious, but should be accessible at, at the very least. Um, liberal arts education is, is founded on this idea that you're reflecting on your experience mm -hmm. on a regular mm -hmm. basis and you are approaching it from a particular, from your perspective and relating to it rather than being, you know, um, um, ir irradiated with, with knowledge. Um, and liberal arts education can be done extremely well and very, very authentically. And uh, I think uh, our UCG colleagues would have a lot to say about this kind of experience. So you're right. I think the manner in which we manage to incorporate self-reflection type of assignments and questions and prompts and opportunities and moments determines a lot of its uptake and its usefulness. And I think also, uh, as a lot of us might 
perhaps uh, relate to this, uh, it, it becomes more and more clear to you as you go through this process and as you grow and as you exit a, a process. And sometimes reflecting it doesn't make sense when you're in the experience, but after you go through the experience, mm-hmm. looking back, the reflection actually becomes useful, which is also one of the challenges of self-reflection assignments. They don't have immediate reward. It's not like you answer B, you get the point, here's your dopamine, here's your reward, mm-hmm. and you're done with this. The reward is, is, a, is a steady, grow, a steady uh, growth uh, that often you don't realize uh, at all, and if you do, it often happens much later. Yeah, I agree, Tassos. And, and, and in addition, for students, the experience of having done a reflection uh, uh, assignment and then only getting a pass or a fail is also very demotivating, obviously. I, I always see these reflection assignments as a starting point of a conversation, but for for the staff or the teachers, there's no room for a mm-hmm. conversation. So my yeah. feedback usually is, is a series of questions that I place alongside the text, but there's no <laughs> there's no dialogue going on. Mm. I don't know what what students do with those questions. I don't know what I would have done with those questions as a student. The job is done. I got to pass. Yeah, and that's that. But I also see that it's very demotivating if you do take the efforts to make a yeah a deeper uh, self reflection. There, there's there is uncomfortableness in that as well. And if it's only just submitting it online and and that's it, putting it's very it into a void. or something. Yeah, you you do it and you've thought about it maybe for a couple of hours or days and you think, oh, that was that was it then. And there's no one yeah, on the other side exactly to have a conversation with you about it. So how do we resolve this displeasure from both sides, from the uh, side of the student who indeed uh, submits an assignment, uh, two or three weeks later they receive their their pass and maybe a couple of um, questions or some feedback in the middle of their summer, presumably when the last thing that they want is to engage with this. It's it, For them, it's done and dusted, yeah. but also from the perspective of the teacher who indeed probably wants to engage with this, doesn't, is also in the same position where in fact it's, it's the end of a dialogue rather than the beginning of a dialogue. So what do we do to improve this in the current state of things and how we would want this to be better i will think of try to think of some 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 good ideas but the one thing i wanted to mention related to this is i think what jasper just said like about okay let's say like this giving feedback on a self-reflection report with questions i think that is really important because um there is no real distinction there right because when it comes to self-reflection feedback can be given through a question because you're not judging someone's report based on what they're maybe concretely are writing. It's about this 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 process, right? As you mentioned earlier, Tassos as well. And I think when I think back on, I, I, I can honestly not tell whether it's self-reflection assignments or just general assignments, but the feedback that I've always liked the most from teachers in the end is the ones where they ask questions. So where the answer is still left a bit up to you to think about. And I think that is the first step into this kind of conversation that we're looking for now. Uh, so I, yeah like that idea of, of maybe trying to implement that in some way a bit more, trying to have this conversation through the question that the teacher um, gives. But did you as a student, did you actively uh, thought about those questions then? Or I did you have the intention, I'm going to get into that later? <laughs> no, I, th- I think um, I, I, I can't speak for all my assignments, of no. course. There have been many over the years. But when it comes to when I have to write a paper and I get feedback, having received 
a question it, it's uh, i usually leave them there for a very long time because these are uh, um, different opinions about something that i've written and they can at different times maybe in later give different interesting answers or make you think about your own text in a different way whether you look at the question the teacher asked a week later or a month later so i think i always appreciate them because they uh, you can leave them there as long as you like and you can keep mm. thinking about new ideas or new ways to look at your text or look at your self-reflection. Of course, f it, it's, this mostly applies to longer papers or longer uh, projects where you revisit the text many times, right? If it's a short, very short one, then probably no, I wouldn't have thought mm. about the question that more. But if it's a week or month long project or months, then uh, absolutely, I think uh, it is something that comes back and back again. Yeah. Ideally, you would have like an oral presentation of uh, of the self-reflection from the student in front of their peers and the teacher, and then <laughs> a conversation about this. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how far we are with the quantum with mechanics. Maybe we can create um, <laughs> multiple. multiple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't. The truth is that our curricula are already very packed in Absolutely. terms of time and um, there's not an awful lot of space for this to be done properly because indeed we could have another conference where um, uh, everybody shares their experiences and we have uh, three to four question, uh, minutes for questions but then this kind of formulaic aspect tends to become very inauthentic very very quickly yeah, and it, it, it's easy to not exactly become cynical about the experience but it's easy for the value to disappear in the formality. Yeah. So, but I do appreciate what you say, Jasper, because indeed this is the discussion aspect is the most important um, part of this. Amy, what uh, what needs to change for this to become a more useful experience for everybody? You've you've recently gone through this. I guess it it, it depends on how much value you place on it as as an individual as well. I mean, I know some students, as we discussed continuously, will will engage with it more and some will with it less. I think, as we've been saying, the conversation actually is, and what we, I can loop back to what we just talked about, uh, how you said, Bart, that you tend to reflect when you're having conversations with friends as well. And I find that as well, because I think it's, when you speak about something out loud as well, it makes it more concrete. Mm -hmm. um, so your experiences become, yeah, you're projecting them. So if you're having a conversation, if you're exactly as Jasper said, if you're doing a presentation on a course you've just had, then I think it is easier to reflect. Uh, I mean, I know that the, the, the curriculum, as you said as well, is so it's so broad. There's so much going on. There's so many students actually. I think that it's almost impossible to to do that conversation, to have that conversation. But I do think that is maybe the the building blocks of actually implementing reflection because it, it kind of it does it does force people. <laughs> Uh, to to talk about their feelings and to have that open discussion with people that are in the same position as them. And I think always that I find with like reflection, for example, feedback is nice. It's nice to have some sort of have someone yeah give you feedback who's in maybe in a position that you know you know what's going on. You've been through it yourselves. And it's always nice to have that kind of clarity on your own feed and your, on your own reflection in a sense of feedback. I'm not sure, but I think that's what conversation can promote and mm -hmm. help with. Yeah, I guess I did want to ask Jasper in this case, um, as a as a coach, whether there are any tools, there are any reflection tools that don't rely on introspection. They don't rely on this uh, need for one individual to to look within. There must be 
tools to do that. Uh, and I, I suppose feedback is one of these tools to have other people reflect mm -hmm. on you. Are there any other um, uh, practical tips that you have on people who are not naturally inclined to introspection to find ways to understand themselves and their needs and their journeys? Well, w one very small and, and, and feasible thing to do is to uh, reflect at the end of a working day or stud study day. Uh, what were two things that I was uh, uh, happy about today and what were two things that I felt a bit uh, bummed about? And then what am I going to do about these tomorrow, both the good and the bad? That 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 is very... Yeah, easy, feasible thing to do. You can just write that down in, in short sentences. But it does heighten your awareness of these things mm -hmm. and also promotes uh, uh, thinking about, like, is, it, is mm. there, a, can I take a different perspective on it? Can I take a different approach? If I do go on this path of least resistance, this autopilot, will I create the same circumstances over and over again? And is that what I want? So, yeah, that is some, some, something that is quite easy to do. But at the same time, not easy to do because... Yeah, at the end of your uh, working day or study day, um, there are other things on your mind. And in addition, uh, uh, creating an intention. What is the, what is my intention for this week? So, for instance, if you start the week, what is with what intention do I fly towards this Monday nine o'clock meeting uh, and the rest of the week? Uh, that's also a good a good thing. Just uh, um, starting with a fresh, yeah, intention rather than just being caught up immediately in the um, daily hassle because that will happen, and then autopilot kicks in and. Um, for good reason, though, it's hard to be intentional with every single activity that you go through. It costs a lot of energy, through. yeah. It costs an awful lot of energy, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what both Bart and Amy said. The conversations that you have with the people around you, take them to to uh, uh, use them as reflective moments and, and then also be be a part in the reflective moment of the other party. And it's, it's not... So you can you can actively also talk about that. Can I just speak my mind a bit about this thing that I'm dealing with with work? I don't necessarily want your advice. I just want you to, to hear me out. That really helps, as you said, Emmy, just to formulate things, speak them out loud. That helps to structure your thoughts and uh, um, become more aware of it. The same thing goes the other way around. If you just want to <laughs> help somebody have a reflective moment, just just restrain yourself from giving advice or, or giving your own associations. I, I, I should, uh, I would do this in that situation. Not just, just hear the other person now. That's creating a reflective moment for the other, and that's something that you can do. So not for yourself, but for the people around you. That's great. Yeah. And maybe somewhat related to it. Um, I, I, I think it is partly partially what you're saying, um, but also um, to some extent challenging them and asking questions um, and, 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 and um, not just about, oh, and how do you, uh, not just what are your thoughts about something, but oh, okay, um, and what if it's like this? So trying to kind of, yeah, not not putting people in an uncomfortable position, but challenging them a little bit to really actively think about this this more, or or or, or think about the, the the issue or or good thing that happened to them, uh, but trying to do so or trying to make them do so from a slightly different perspective. Uh, I think that is uh, mm. something that I have experienced, uh, especially in the last couple of years, where I've become um, close with people who I wouldn't um, because they happen to be um, roommates, for instance, or in other ways, people that. I would not, based on my own, who I am as a person, as easily become friends with or become close with. But when you live with a couple of people for a long time, you have really interesting conversations. Uh, but you don't always pick those people. So I've mm -hmm. noticed that they challenge me a bit more than sometimes other people would do, uh, or at least within a shorter uh, time span, right? So I think doing that and trying to do that actively with other people is really can be valuable, but also just fun and interesting. 
um, because you can also learn more about yourself, hearing other people become challenged and seeing their perspectives. Yeah. I suppose this is a good time to to start thinking about wrapping this this episode up. And I wanted to, after all of this discussion, I'm really curious about um, whether you have any advice on either students specifically who are engaged in self-reflection assignments, let's call them. I'm, I'm, I'm not very happy with that word, but let's leave it as assignment. Or teachers who are thinking of incorporating self-reflection assignments in their courses or thinking about improving those. Or in fact, for anybody who is engaged in trying to understand themselves better and do it in a way that is is um, is useful to them, but also fun and interesting and, uh, and um, an engaging experience. Um, I'll start with Jasper and then go to Bart and Amy. Yeah. So one of the pitfalls of reflection uh, uh, elements in, in, in um, um, university courses is that it becomes a last minute task at the end of a course. And in order to battle that or combat that, I would say to have continuous questions throughout the course that stimulate self-reflection without the constraints of guiding questions, etc. So an example is after each class or an element in class, ask your students to actively write down a thought that they're having right now about what you talked about just then. Um, and it can be, well, you, you, can, you can give some examples, but it's, but it's more appropriate to not give any examples at all. They don't need to Ad uh, adhere to anything just what is what's what's in your mind right now about this topic and that really helps to continuously be aware of what am i thinking about this topic uh, uh, the things that we are uh, uh, learning here uh, how do i feel about it etc it stimulates that self-reflective attitude something that i I'm, I, I find it difficult to right now come up with something concrete for students or staff, but something that I think I've learned from being with students um, um, and, and their view on self-reflection is that it's not the most sexy and fun thing to do. At least that is, I think, what many people feel initially when they have to make a, a self-reflection assignment. So um, what I would, would like to give <laughs> in my experience as some kind of advice or some fun or interesting thing to do is to try and make it more interesting and fun to engage in self-reflection by forcing whether it's colleagues, friends, um, um, whoever you know, but who you are close to, uh, to force them to play devil's advocate sometimes, either for themselves or for someone else. Um, because doing so and acknowledging that you don't necessarily have to take a certain stance on an opinion or an experience, uh, acknowledging that and then seeing where it goes can be um, interesting and I think can be of value for students and staff, but also in personal life, simply to try and engaging in more in, yeah, to try and engage in more self-reflection on a daily basis. It can be very interesting and fun to learn more about others and yourself. So yeah, um, becoming the devil, devil's advocate sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that you say that. That's a good one for sure. It's also hard to, yeah, exactly as you said, hard to give like concrete advice as well, because as we were discussing, it's different per person, but I do think, uh, what I've learned myself as well, and from being around others, it's something that becomes more more gradual. Like it's something you you start to engage in more over with more over time. In my own experience, so I think it's like one of those things where you should just have patience with yourself, uh, appreciate the exactly if it's an assignment, the self reflection assignment for what it is. Um, try to put yourself sort of just in your own subjective opinions. Be completely honest with yourself and with it. And I think. You can, there's there's many benefits that you can reap from it just by engaging with it actively and just having the patience to take the time with yourself and see it as just as, as a growth 
um, you know, mechanism, way of just improving yourself and making decisions, whatever it is that you're trying to go for, that is, is correct for you in that moment and in that time. I, I really like what you're saying, Amy, and, and, and uh, a thought that it sparks with me is also if we were to engage in constant self-reflection, that would be a huge obstacle for, for our functioning. So to have patients just these isolated moments, maybe in student life, once every block or um, uh, once every month where you reflect on how are things going and what do I want uh, uh, next is, is much more valuable than this. Mm. constant yeah and it, there's a lot that happens over the course of days weeks months at the moment this, as you said before there's so much stimuli constantly mm -hmm. i think it's nice to have just to take the time for yourself to actually kind of relax with it and think about what has actually gone on in your life for the last couple of weeks that you've put in you know and reflect on different experiences and what they've given you yeah i think that's a, a nice point as well not to do it consistently but just sleep sleep <laughs> <laughs> i really appreciate uh, all of your all of your comments I'll, I'll add to those um, uh, also to what Jesper was saying that I think as a teacher you can preempt this experience for the students you can talk to them about that it is uncomfortable you can talk to them that there is no immediate reward you can talk to them about the fact uh, that they can expect this to be a slow game or a long game as uh, Amy said but uh, I think for me the most practical advice or the the uh, the the time that this shifted for me was when I started thinking of self-reflection through a program as a way to build an imaginary or a concrete resume, a concrete CV. Uh, very often when I talk to people and I ask them, you, you know, what did you learn at university? They say, well, I learned statistics, how to calculate the standard deviation. I say, no, 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 no. You didn't learn this. You learned a hundred transferable skills and a hundred ways of engaging with an experience that will only become apparent to you when you reflect on this. Uh, you've learned to work in a group, you've learned leadership skills, you've learned um, writing skills, all kinds of uh, metacognitive and very uh, transferable skills that only become apparent when you think about them, when you reflect on them. Otherwise, it appears that you've gone through three, four years of um, studying, and really what you have is a number of, of course codes, which is really not true. So when you start engaging on uh, with your studies uh, or with any experience as an intentional creature with needs and desires and experiences, I think it becomes um, a very different kind of way of approaching everything else. And in a concrete term, just think about writing it as a CV because at some point you'll have to anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it also. It's a great way of putting it. Bart, Jasper, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a very enjoyable conversation. I, I learned a lot of things, that, um, and, and not to be cheesy about it, but it helped me reflect about my own experiences also and how I think about these assignments in my own courses. Amy, this, uh, this brings this episode to an end, too. I think we have one more episode before you're do due to be... Um, Shipped uh, away. <laughs> shipped away to, to the other end of the continent for your Erasmus studies. I'm looking yes. forward to the next episode, Me too. too. Uh, thank you to our listeners for going through another episode of Degrees of Freedom. Um, I suppose I should, um, I don't find this natural, but I'll, I'll advertise our social media. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Degrees of Freedom Podcast. And uh, subscribe and uh, like and comment and all the other good things that you're supposed to do. And uh, reflect on your experiences as always. Thank you all for being here. 
This podcast was a production of the University of Groningen.